Hey everyone, this is Maddie Carteropel and this is Words Are Word. And we have an awesome guest. She's so cool, so smart, so inspiring. Her name is Jessica O'Toole. Uh, she's a writer, she's incredible. She's, she's written such shows as Charmed, Jane the Virgin, Selfie, The Carrie Diaries, Greek. She's also an executive producer on some of these shows. She is the best. Uh, we have a fun time. Um, yeah, and before we dive right in, I'm just going to give you a word that I really like right now um, that I ran randomly just said the other day. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know I realized that I knew that word. But it is kismet. Kismet. It means destiny, fate. So use that word in, when you're talking out there in the world. Kismet. All right, so let's dive right into our interview. Uh, she's great. She's incredible. Here she is, Jessica O'Toole. All right. Hey, everyone. We got a really, really amazing, talented writer here. Her name is Jessica O'Toole. She's written uh, on so many great shows. Um, Charmed, Jane the Virgin, Selfie, Jane by Design, Greek. She's been an executive producer. She's amazing. Here she is. Hello. Jessica O'Toole. Hello. Thank you, thank you for the kind words. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, thanks so much for coming on the on the podcast. Of course. So, and we should mention that we met because you oh, yes. selfie. Yes. We me and Jessica know each other because I worked my first big TV job, my first big guest star reoccurring uh, was on a show called Selfie. It was awesome. And Jessica was a writer on Selfie. Yeah. And that's how we met. And we were just talking about how sad we're still sad. Yeah. But it got canceled because it was yeah. an amazing show. And like, uh, this is like a magical show. So you were saying earlier that it was just a ratings thing, right? It was yeah, just, that's what yeah. it usually is. And, you know, it's the confusing time for networks to try and figure out what they're supposed to get in terms of ratings now. It's just, it changed so quickly. So, yeah. But if you think about like the talent that came out of that, like yourself and like Karen Gillan obviously has become part of the Marvel universe. Yeah. <laughs> so, and oh she's gosh. amazing. And then, I mean, John Cho was obviously established and yeah, amazing. Like, I just feel like it was such a gifted group of actors and writers. I mean, that was a universally amazing writing writer's room you know it was just, yeah totally like not a weak link in there and um they've all gone on to do amazing things too so but i still miss them i still miss that room and we had so much fun and we worked so hard but it was such a joy and i loved working with emily kapnick and um so how does alas i mean speaking of i know this is about words and i do think that a lot of what we heard at the time that made people kind of look down on the show was the title they people thought that selfie was I don't know what they thought was it silly did they think it was too on the nose or trying too hard like it was never intended to be like trying to be cool you know it was I don't know I always suspect that words that are associated with like with girls and women and femininity that people automatically think they're silly like there was that show trophy wife it was on a little before selfie and people made fun of that title and i was like and, and, and like blamed it for maybe it was the, the show not catching oh, on oh gosh but, i but love I, the title i think it's perfect I, I, yeah i agree and i just i do suspect that that people are more dismissive of things that are feminine and light and instead of like i mean what's a good title the sopranos that's a really goofy <sighs> italian last name you know what i yeah. mean yeah it sounds yeah. like a comedy last name, but people weren't like turning their noses up at that because of that, you know, That's yeah. a, that got to be, it and was a, you know, an amazing show. So that, I, that is a, I, I suspect that, I don't know, people were being misogynistic. Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. I hate misogyny. <laughs> um, so, uh, so speaking on titles, were there alternate titles that you all had? Because when you're writing, you do come up with other titles. I'm just curious yeah. if there I'm were. Sure. I don't actually don't know how that 
title was decided on because it was already had already been decided when you know we started the room yeah um, but i i just didn't relate to that reaction to it at all like i was surprised uh yeah i, I love that i think it's a great title i mean um, i i also think that the show is a little ahead of its time because you know a lot of also people reacting to eliza as a character like she's you know selfish and kind of a mess and and like i feel like now we're more understanding of like women getting to be multifaceted <laughs> yeah um so that's awesome um that's a great word multifaceted oh yeah um uh, <laughs> that means like uh several different what, what does that word mean i mean i guess i would say like com complex complex yeah several different levels um all uh, different things yeah okay Cool, yeah, I love be, that word. You know, bitchy and airheaded, but also smart and kind all at the same time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. What uh speaking on that, um uh in terms of a writer a writer's room, uh what what do you what do you all do in the writer's room? Like how does it how does it work in a in a writer's room? Like do you do you all like come together and share an idea or do you just all just kind of sit there and write quietly <laughs> we're all when you're writing quietly that you do in your separate office so you'll okay, have okay. Like, the actual writer's room is a big like conference room style room and sometimes it'll be a big conference table that used to be the norm but now more often it'll be a bunch of couches um in a circle or something like that um and you you all you come in you sit there and you basically uh, break story all day. Um, the first thing you do is kind of go through, when you first arrive for on, a, on a show starting the season, you go through the season and kind of map out in general what you want for each character as you, um, over the season, or, or maybe the first half if it's a 22 episode show. Uh, and then once you've got that done, you just tackle it episode by episode um and it'll be you'll start with some general idea based on what you know you want to do with the characters and then you'll you know you go through endless bad ideas before you get to the the good one so that's you know but that's just part of the process oh it's my uh, son Beth, you oh hi you want to say hi on the podcast hi welcome to the podcast hi that's hey. podcast. i think he's actually should be a tv writer i'm scared oh scared oh no you're scared, scared of the podcast oh no it's fun you're not scared of the you mean you're you feel shy okay oh that's okay okay it's okay hello well, hello nice to meet you he was two when we were when i was on selfie um uh yeah he's i feel like he's um he likes to like make up movies and stuff like that already oh that's awesome he actually that's had cool. one that i thought was a really good idea was um you know that whole moral dilemma people like to talk about like if you could go back in time and kill baby hitler would you do oh it? right yes you yeah about that? his idea he came to me was like i want to write a movie about a guy who time travels and goes back in time and does and kills baby hitler <laughs> so that he you know can't do yeah horrible things he did but then he gets stuck and his time machine breaks down. So now the police are after him because they think he just killed an innocent baby. And I was like, that's actually a really good idea. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good writer. That's awesome. So, uh, that, so speaking on that, uh, so uh, what is, so what you're talking about um, breaking the story. Mm -hmm. So what's an example of breaking the story? Yeah. Is your son's idea, is that kind of like breaking the story? That would be like the big idea that you. The big idea, with, okay, you know? okay. The hook or... and the breaking, and it's funny because there is kind of a whole vocabulary that's specific to the writer's room. Like, yeah, you, like I don't know if when I say breaking the story, does anyone does it seem natural like what that means? So, uh, breaking the story is one, and then a lot people will say they're bumping on something, which means they don't like it. Which kind of means like if you picture like you're driving, the story is like the car that's driving down a road and then when something like sticks in your head that's a bump you're like oh wait a minute that's not working for whatever reason um 
So you're breaking it. You usually, uh, I mean, on network shows, you always have a, 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 a bunch of acts. Like say on, a, on an hour long show, you'll have like, uh, like a teaser and six acts. So you'll divide them up like that. You'll have columns and you kind of, well, actually before you get to the columns, you'll write beats. So you'll just on the, like all, this is all written on a whiteboard. So you'll, right. um, you'll be like, well, let's just think of a shape this story might take. And you'll divide it up with like an A story, a B story and a C story. Um, uh, like on Charmed, you know, we have uh, the three sisters. So you might come up with a story for each of them. And the, one sister will get the A story that week and they might all mix together. And on Jane the Virgin, we had, a, like A through K basically because there was a lot going on that somehow miraculously right. balanced on that show so and Jane would end up she would always have more than one story so they're different in that sense but you'll say you're doing the A story first well you know that's going to be the biggest one so that I'll have the most beats or scenes so you'll just try to think of like what launches this story let's you know and you'll just sort of You'll write maybe like general ideas for the how it would be shaped, and then you uh -huh. form those into more specific beats. And then once each story is kind of beat out, um, then I guess you'd consider it to be broken. You know, you understand like what the central conflict is going to be. You know how it's going to escalate, and then how it's going to be solved or not solved, and then kind of wind down. So, um, so then you start people will call it like blending or weaving when you take each story and kind of mix them together you know so that like okay you've got all the scenes for Jane's story or whatever and then you but you can't you know they're not going to be all one right after the other so you figure out where you want those to be and then you mix the other ones in and you're thinking about which scene's going to be natural to come off of the next scene and in a lot of them, you're also you're figuring out as specific as what is the transition between scenes because you want that to be something that that makes sense. On Jane the Virgin, we were like really like the transitions were really important because <laughs> that show had a lot of, I mean, wordplay and 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 was really folk and imagery. Um, there was a lot going. We had a narrator, so you'd always want like whatever the last line of that make sense with the next line and if they're clever and they can play off each other all the better um so i feel like i learned that the art of that on jane the virgin most of all and then you know have tried to apply that to everything since that's awesome yeah. wow that's really cool i didn't know a lot of that stuff thank you and yeah, I'm sure a lot of listeners are very fascinated by that as well I yeah know. i know i've had because i remember i mean people i feel like sometimes people will just assume not that I'm sure most people know this, but there were times like somebody I've been asked, like, so do the actors make up their lines <laughs> and then you write it down? I'm like, no, why would they do that? They're actors. <laughs> I mean, sometimes they have, they'll That's improv really a great funny. line or whatever. It's like, uh, yeah, we're just there like taking dictation basically. <laughs> yeah, I remember I was working in Canada and they would call the, um, on set the circus and i'm just like yes. the area of, i was just like wait a circus wait i'm yes. so confused i remember that that <laughs> that was a week because let charm shoots in vancouver so the first time i ever yeah I was, was, I was watching and i was like that's that's oh, yeah. definitely vancouver yeah 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 but they have a whole other language it's their circus and then there's what they have another they have other terms that are weird too what is it what is there some i mean they have different ones from like the martini and the abbey they don't have that they say the window i think is the last oh shot. right right yeah yeah, yeah. window yeah yeah, yeah there are all these yeah <laughs> so it's fun. just funny because you know in america we just call it base camp, base camp. you know but i yeah. like that they they have like a fun word for fun yeah yeah it it's feels fun like to them. yeah a base camp i think of mount everest and how they yeah. call it base camp where you like set up shop. <laughs> so, so every yeah. time they do that, that's what I think of. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, there, there is a funny vocab. I still I still think video village is kind of a funny term. Oh yeah, video village. Yeah. It but it's kind of nice to feel like you're in a village. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> yeah, like who who comes up with these? Like it just kind of I know. I remember yeah. someone in Canada explaining to me one of their I don't think it was the window, it was some other or maybe it was the window, how that it was something very specific, like something one Canadian DP did 20 years ago during a shot. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember the details and then it kind of just stuck. Uh, so and who knows? I'll just kind of talk about it. They're like, yeah, oh, a guy came up with the window. I'm going to call yeah. it that too. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Or, you know, like uh, in acting, like break a leg. Like that's such a weird yeah. thing to tell someone. Yeah. But it, know. you know, it means like to break a leg when you bow. Right. That's what it means. That's where. It, that's means, what. It, yeah. Okay. It means like oh. have have such a great performance that bow you so hard that your legs shatter. <laughs> yeah, that you break a leg. Bowing yeah. again and again. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. So, um. So speaking more on that, uh, how did you, so how did you get started in writing? Like what was your first, what was your first writing job and what, what kind of like attracted you to being a writer? I think I always just was, just liked to write. Um, as a kid, I would write, you know, books and stories and poems and things like that it just felt like something I liked to do and I thought it was fun. And I just always was thinking in terms of stories and that kind of thing and words. Um, and then I was, I guess I was good at it. I got a lot of, you know, my teachers always said like, it's, I grew up outside DC and it's not a place where people think they can have a career in Hollywood, you know? So yeah, it seemed like kind of a pie in the sky type thing, but I did have a lot of teachers who said you should I think you actually could or whatever I'm sure my I think my parents probably thought I was crazy um so um but yeah and I, I used to like write uh plays that my cousins and I would put on for Thanksgiving oh my god <laughs> that's cool. awesome like kind of like yeah so that kind of stuff um uh but when I moved out here I moved out here with um, my writing partner that I still work with sometimes. And we had this script that we wrote. Um, it was kind it was about, um, it was called Rushing. It was like a comedy about, the, it was, actually it was about a comedy, kind of a dark comedy about like racism and homophobia in Southern sororities. But it was also like a, it was so, kind of been thinking back it was about like two villains really and they getting their comeuppance um mm -hmm. it was like about this like racist southern sorority and how they were kind of brought down by they wanted this heiress to the days in fortune to be in their sorority so they pursued her and then she was you know a, a lesbian who thought they were all you know awful so sort of set out to expose them and kind of ruin them and she did um so we wrote it, um, not really sure we would ever do anything with it, you know, because we, we didn't like, when we moved out here, we didn't know anybody who worked in this business. It was just not a thing that, that we grew up with. So same um, here. I'm from Exeter, yeah. New Hampshire, so oh, yeah. I can totally relate. Yeah. You just come out here and you're just like, well, I'm in Hollywood, but I don't, yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't know how it works. And, you know, this is like Google, so we didn't like even... And yeah. we didn't go to film school or anything. So, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it's funny because I feel like most everyone else I know has some kind of contact in the business. Not everybody, but, but yeah, we just didn't. We just wrote and we didn't even know how to properly format a script. I don't even think we used Final Draft at first. Um, so, we had to like transfer it in there. We didn't know how to structure. I mean, we had read a bunch of scripts. Um, and we'd had sort of like tertiary like jobs in the business by I was working for like a really low level casting agency and um, she was working in, for like a website. So we had we weren't complete idiots, but it was definitely a very raw script. Um, but then my well, now my now husband, he was working with he was working with the guy who had just started dating a manager. And he like was like, you should give her your script. 
And I was like, oh God, that just sounds like, I don't want to be that person who gives somebody my script. Like they don't want it and blah, blah. But then I like just met her and we started talking. And I think my husband said, I'm going to make her, my wife, I'm going to make Jessica send you the script. And he did, he made me, he got her address. I wrote um, like a little note on it. And she then said later, like, of course, like when she got it, she was like, oh God, you know, you put all the scripts that come in from friends, like on the bottom of your pile. But then she read my note and she thought it was really funny. I, and I don't even know, remember what I wrote, but um, off of that, she decided to read it. And then she called me like the next day and said, I want to sell you, I think I can sell your script. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And whoa, that's really? incredible. <laughs> yeah. And then like the next week, she sold it to, uh, to Universal. <laughs> That's no. amazing. That's such a great story. Yeah, It's not really the norm because most, I mean, especially, you know, most feature writers, they've probably gone to some version of film school and then maybe worked in development or I don't know. We were just like, it was like a zero to 60 kind of a thing. Like, wow. I got to, well, and then, you know, the next day I went and quit my like stupid job, but I also didn't realize that it would take a really long time to get paid. <laughs> Right, right, right. So long, you have to like sign. Yeah. I'm like, oh, now I don't have any money. Um, so it was one of those like crazy once in a lifetime. And honestly, it has, it's really never been that easy since, you know? Right, <laughs> that was right. Like everything yeah. else. Because um, it, and, and in retrospect, it's like we barely sold it. Like, I think everybody passed except for Universal. They were like the only ones who even read it or, you know, I don't know, something like that. Um, and then, of course, the way movies work, at least especially back then, uh, because you could sell a movie. Now you kind of have to usually have an actor attached, you know, that kind of thing. So I think they don't buy as much just for development. They buy something that's more like a sure thing. But at that right. point, you could make a like a very good living just writing movies that never got made, you know, which is wow, yeah. what happened. Um and then, you know, we shifted in t into TV just kind of a little, was a little bit of a fluke too. Um, at that time, movies were so much, were like the ele elevated genre, you know, and yeah. the TV was like, you know, oh, it's a day job. And people, I had this vision of like TV where like everyone's mean and they make you work until three o'clock in the morning every night and like laugh and make fun of you if your jokes are bad or whatever. So we were like, oh, well, movies. And then around, um, and then we had, we, we ended up just having a TV agent because our movie agent was like, you guys would be good in TV. And if you're a movie writer, it's very easy to sell pilots. They want to work with movie writers. So we did that <laughs> and it really was <laughs> um, at that time, not like that anymore. Uh, so we had written a pilot for I think Lifetime and Okay, so then I then I got pregnant with my first kid, and like you wouldn't think that would be related, but it is because right after I gave birth, um, my my agent was like, "This show wants to meet you," and I was like, "I'm in, I'm still in labor, basically." I mean, it was like right after. Yeah. And she was like, "I know it's not the right time for you to go on a staff, but just take the meeting. Just take the meeting." So I was like, oh, okay, fine. So like 10 days after I had my first kid, I go to this meeting. I was like the first time I left the house, I was still wearing like the adult diapers you have to wear after you have a baby and <laughs> things like that. Right, um, right. So I was just like super out of it. And I didn't think it was even plausible that I would get the job or um, be able to take it. So I think that the fact that I wasn't nervous, I was very, I must have, come across as very confident or something and I do and I was probably delirious from lack of sleep and I do remember saying like I feel like I'm on spring break and I probably <laughs> whatever I said in that in, in that meeting they were like oh well we want to hire you guys yeah. and I was like what <laughs> now they want to hire us and our agent at the time was like well I don't know if you should take the job it's on ABC family and I mean who knows if that network's gonna last like it was like the beginning of ABC family so they made oh it yes maybe you shouldn't even take it but then they were but it was weird like and then when we were sort of doubtful that we would it was like oh, what do you mean you have to take it so it was just it was really I was like you cannot do this to person who just had a baby because I don't know what I'm yeah. 
and I'm supposed to what start a job. Anyway, yeah, that's I, that's that's rough. I'm sorry. It was rough, and it ended up being that we started like five weeks after he was born. But so when I I mean I went in there like I was like I had told everybody I was like I just had a baby. I'm going to be using my breast pump all the time. <laughs> um, and I think we were scared because we just didn't know how we had had this thought idea that, you know, it, we were working all night and it, people were me. You want to show all the dog? Sure. Okay, now. I'm oh, ready. sweet. We get to meet a dog. Sweet. Hello, everybody. Oh, hey. hey how's it going? Hey, I'm Maddie. Nice to meet you. What's, what's your and name? His name is Gus. Hey, Gus. Oh, she just bumped and, her. And the puppy's name? Her name is, okay. Her name. Petal, like. Petal. Petal. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because when we got her from, we got her from the um, animal rescue and she had been like seriously abused. Oh. In fact, she has like a huge bald spot. Oh. Uh, down by her butt from where she was like burned or something. Awful. Oh, my gosh. So they called her Petal at the um, shelter because she was always like trembly and delicate. And Aww. so we were like, oh, we'll keep the name. That's a nice name. I love that. Petal. Yeah. That's yeah. a great name for a dog. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. I love dogs. I know. Do you have a dog? Uh, we Yeah, we do. We have a dog and two cats, actually. Well, we have yeah. a we have a Pomeranian that we oh. uh, rescued as well. Uh -huh. He's very cute. Aww. I think he's probably sleeping right now. Yeah. Um. Uh, that's awesome. Um, I love dogs. Yeah. Um, what were we talking? I forgot what so, we were talking. I think I was just going on. And on oh yes. Starting on Greek. Yes. Yes. Starting on Greek. Yes. Which ultimately was an amazing experience. You know, it yeah. was so much different than I thought, and it was just really fun and. Uh, and the stories we told were so fun and I loved the show so that was definitely kind of um that was a great one to be involved in and then I loved writing for tv and that's my, awesome yeah. oh yeah so tv ended up being a good thing in the end is that yeah especially of, because yeah. you know right around that time movie it kind of changed you know and suddenly tv was becoming more and more prestigious and just something that writers wanted to do and the movie business was changing. So we got lucky to trans like transfer into that realm um, at that time. That's awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Well, that that's amazing that you're able to uh, just manage and juggle all those things and create such a cool show. So yeah. I commend you on that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so that's really cool. So, uh, so what was that like when you first started uh, working on Greek and then uh, like uh, how was it on set was it because was that your first time being on on like a big tv set yeah what was that experience like for you well the probably I mean I'd been on like a like a couple of movie sets for movies that we did like production rewrites on and things like that but the writer's not doesn't have any authority on on a movie set you know it's a director's medium really um okay so, but in TV, the writer is the one in charge when you're on set because, you know, you're also a producer. So, um, yeah. so that was kind of interesting to be like, oh, we're supposed to tell the director what to do, you know, basically. Um, That's great. Yeah. <laughs> and our first episode that we filmed was like a huge episode with like a bunch of special effects. There was like a beer volcano effect that, you know, a beer volcano that exploded and like drenched hundreds of extra like we couldn't have written a less like filmable first episode right. so it was definitely like an intense one where we were there until like I think for that shot we were there till like five in the morning you know um it's really it just it definitely gets exhausting being on set right yeah the long hours yeah yeah, yeah. for sure and when you're there like on the crew or directing or you're there the whole time you don't have like a call time that varies you know um yeah so it's a lot i think it's exhausting for actors too you know right yeah it does yeah the 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 waiting the 
the waiting around yeah is kind of tiring but i understand like it it takes time to make these things so yeah um so uh just from an actor's standpoint you're speaking on authority with um with that i was just wondering um for auditions and whatnot when an actor auditions mm -hmm. like do you do writers um do writers watch the tapes yeah. like do they send it out to usually everyone? the writer work? the writer of the episode that okay not all of the writers but usually the showrunner will let the writer weigh in ultimately uh -huh. it'll be uh, the showrunner's decision of of who gets cast, and then they have to be approved by the network and the studio. So, um, but yeah, usually it'll be the writer of the episode will watch them all and and send in their like their top three choices. Okay. Okay. Um, and I well on selfie though, I for you and I know some of the other important parts like Freddie and that kind of thing. I think we all watched them together. She showed like Emily showed us all of the oh, or cool. say, I, I'm thinking of this guy or like or this you know I because I remember us all I don't know if we did that for everything but maybe we did for the important ones um we just all watch them right there that's awesome and what what do you look what do you look for and also how do you feel about when actors improvise do you hate it do you love it well because people it, feel differently about it yeah it just depends because if you're some people are really good at it and then I, I i love it because then oh we're getting a joke that's you know um i think it's always better to do it at the very end so it's easy to yeah. trim off you don't want it and i think it's just to be self-aware like is this one of your skill sets because <laughs> if it's not you're like stop doing that um it's also one of those things where there are so many reasons that's that what's there is there you know so yeah. You know, that the writers are like agonizing over every word. And sometimes it'll be something that the network makes you put in that we don't even like. But, or sometimes it'll be like a legal issue. Like you can't say like a brand name or this and that. like there's so many. So I always appreciate that actors, when they do want to change the lines, that they'll also do a take where everything is what would work. Right. You know, just because. And some people don't want to do that, you know, you'll sometimes will get resistance about that, but for, but for the most part, um, I mean, I, I usually, I mean, I like improvising. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> totally. If it's off, like if it yeah. totally has nothing to do with the script yeah. or it's just kind of weird, then it's like, you know, yeah. like miming someone miming, like drinking a cup of coffee or something. I don't uh, know. Just wow. something ridiculous. Um, uh, that's that's really interesting to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, so so in in those auditions though, uh, what what is it that you look for in a in a performance to connect with your story? Well, it just, it depends on so many factors. It's like yeah, it's it's. I mean, that's what's so hard about acting too is that for the most part. There's so many factors beyond whether the person is good. Like there's things like, yeah, you could be perfect, but you look exactly like the lead of the show, or you know, something. It's like, well, right, like, like nobody will be able to tell them apart, or like the lead yes, of the show, yeah, yeah, five two, and you know, so this person is six seven. It's supposed to be a love. Like there are just so many things that have to line up. So, right, I always think it's just so much better to just not take anything personally you know yeah yeah for There's sure so many yeah. different reasons um i mean i think I don't, I don't know how to like put my finger on like what you're looking for beyond just you kind of know it well, when you see it whatever feels right yeah i'm sure you probably look for like someone connecting with the story and yeah. someone that just kind of is really just nailing the feeling and the writing behind the words yeah so yeah and it always helps to really understand the material so in that yeah. sense, you know that's a way to be prepared like if, if it's noticeable that the person doesn't understand what the line means or something then it's like well <laughs> that's kind of right come back from um What's, oh sorry go ahead oh no go ahead uh i was just uh uh yeah but if you wanted to finish a thought i didn't want to interrupt you sorry 
know what I was. No, I don't even remember. Okay, okay. I don't think okay. I had a full thought. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, what's been your favorite line that you've written? That's there, like, there's a line. Think of a line. Okay, I have two. I'll think. I think I can think. Okay. Of um, one of them is from selfie. Uh huh. And I still it still goes through my head a lot. I'll see if I can remember <laughs> the entire thing. It was a Charmonique line. Okay. And it was a scene where um, Eliza was like trying to become friends with Joan. Do you remember that episode? Yeah. Like, so she looked up the uh, um, the dance, like the hip hop dance class that Joan was going to with uh -huh. Janet Jackson. It was like based on, oh, it was like Paul Abdul or I guess it was Paul Abdul songs. Um, uh, it was like, oh, there's a whole uh, hip hop dance class for based on Janet Jackson or Paul Abdul and Eliza says are you thinking what I'm thinking and Charmonique says oh god what is it that old white lady that old white ladies need to stop co-opting a sister's skill in a futile attempt to turn their Caucasian non-booties into juicy doubles that was <laughs> and it was That's just great. like the way she delivered it I think that, yeah. that really killed it for me like I just I mean I love it because I think it's actually um, meaningful and a good comp and good commentary and just yeah. like just uh the way she delivered it and she had to say it over and over again you know and then mm -hmm. she just like got it every time and it just I don't know it just somehow that kind of like the specificity of of, of everything um and the other one is from Jane the Virgin. It was for the first episode that we wrote for it. And at the in, so we came on board the, in the middle of the first season, actually mm -hmm. right after Selfie got canceled. Um, and so this was an episode, we were writing episode 17 out of 22. And we knew that in the, um, the finale that Jane, so Jane has a, is, has a baby in the finale and then the baby gets kidnapped. Spoiler alert. Uh, uh oh, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's still on Netflix, but the baby gets kidnapped. So from the hospital. So I knew that. And I just wanted to put like a, like a really like subtle foreshadowing that nobody would pick up on, but maybe if you watch the show, you'd look back on it. And um, so there's a, she goes, Jane, in this episode, Jane's still pregnant and she goes to like a, like a labor and delivery class. And she's, and the point was that she gets really confused because there's so much conflicting advice and people making her feel like she's doing the wrong thing. And one of them was like this labor coach or whatever saying, and, you know, be careful because once you get into the recovery room, they are going to look for any excuse to snatch that baby away from you. They'll say they need to get, you know, they have to give it a bath or they, they'll, you know, you want to have skin on skin contact. And the point was like, oh, you know, some people are obsessive about like having the perfect birth and everything. And then those pesky nurses are always taking your baby to, to give it a test. And that was how the baby got kidnapped was that a nurse said the baby needs a bath. It wasn't really a nurse. Oh, and I mean, the baby's returned right away. Cause we realized after we put that in there, we were like, nobody's gonna be able to enjoy this comedy until the baby has been safely returned yes yeah. um, but i don't i just uh i don't know i, I always I, and i think when the, it aired i do feel like somebody on twitter like noticed and i was like oh i they they picked up on it <laughs> so i just like anything that like well it's multifaceted or you can look back on and be like oh that's what that meant or that kind of thing um right like, right i think when ideally like 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 with the charmonique line it's like it's funny but it's also kind of a like commentary you know yeah if, if line can ever work on more than well in level i really yeah. like that, you know that's awesome uh, i love that yeah. <laughs> um what uh what what's your favorite word like what's your favorite word of all time or not what, what i guess i'll rephrase it what what word are you really drawn to a word that i like to use that i remember liking to use in like essays and stuff i always liked the word poignant oh that's a great one yeah that's really good i just like 
mostly I like what it means, you know? And it kind of means like different things, like sad, but touching and meaningful. Um, Moving. Similarly, I like the right. word like bittersweet because it, I guess it's a word that, that means that kind of ties more than one idea together and that connects to an emotion, you know? Uh, I used to like haunting too. There's all kind of similar meanings. Um, so that's the one that I feel like drawn to. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and what's a word? I love poignant. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, what's a word um, that, that, um, that you like that maybe people wouldn't know what the meaning is? That's kind of a, yeah. a word that's not used every day. That's kind of like an obscure word. Well, I have one. I like, and I like it because of the context that I, of when I discovered it, the word enervated. What is it? Enervated. Enervated. E-N-E-R-V-A-T-E-D. And oh, it cool. means like worn out kind of, like lacking energy basically. And oh, cool. I learned it because I remember in my AP English class in 11th grade, we were doing like we would do like vocabulary quizzes and it was all like SAT words because it was the year we all took the SATs. And I remember yeah. there was one time when she accidentally put the word enervated on the quiz, even though it wasn't one of our vocabulary words that week. But I was like, maybe I just forgot. Anyway, I had to guess what it meant because it, was, it, it wasn't one of the ones we had learned. Wow. And I remember I like just was like, okay, it sounds like it relates to like energy because it's mm. like, you know, but it also sounds like something about enervated. I feel like it's not the opposite of what you might think. And I, so I just guessed what it meant and I got it right. Whoa. <laughs> Even though um, awesome. as soon as we turned in the quiz, our teacher, people were like, enervated wasn't on the thing. And so she like, just like after she graded them or whatever, maybe, maybe it was after she graded them. It was a thing where she had to like not count it. But I just remember I was like, I figured out what it meant without knowing. And then I just liked the idea of being able to do that and the way you can kind of do that with words just by kind of how, what they sound like they should mean. So um, so that's one that stands out to me. I love that. Sure that it's that's not, such a great word. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Um, so uh, what are you, what are you working on right now? What's uh, what are you working on? Well, Kiwi and I are actually writing a movie together. Oh, our friend, cool. Our friend Kiwi, Kirsten Smith. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, we're, we're writing a movie together for um, Amazon. Whoa. Yeah, that's based so on cool. a book, a Sophie Kinsella book called I've Got Your Number. And, um, and it's with Dakota Fanning and Freddie Highmore. They're both. Oh, wow. Yeah. Attached. Um, and that's been really fun. You know, it's like a romantic awesome. comedy and it's funny and obviously I hope it's funny. Um, so that's, you know, that's the latest thing that we're doing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so uh, what what advice do you have for for writers that are just starting out that want to break in the business? What yeah. what advice would you have for them? I feel like. Probably write a lot like write a lot of samples yeah you know just keep always writing and you know there's a kind of a path uh for how you can on a show um you know you, st you can start out as a writer's pa and then become a writer's assistant a showrunner's assistant a script coordinator there's a little, a little bit of like a hierarchy and then once you get in and hired for a job like that you'll usually end up getting a script they'll let you write a script so um, you know, but those jobs are hard to get, you know, it's all again about connections and contacts, but if you have a lot of good samples, you know, that can get you hired for a job like that, you know? So right, yeah. I would say, write a version of every type of show you think you might want to write. If you have one that's, that's awesome. a half hour, one that's an hour, that's going to be really helpful. Um, yeah. That's really good advice. Thank you. That's the same with acting. You just got, you have to, you just have to practice it. Like any skill, you just have to keep, 
keep yeah trying so keep yeah. keep trying keep it's working just, at it it's always just you get rejected a lot more than you get uh chosen i mean acting yeah. is probably the worst version of that <laughs> but in writing too you know you kind right, of yeah and i think you have to kind of accept a lot of what might seem like wasting your time waste of your time like a lot of times you'll be up for a job and you'll write a bunch of you'll write a 20 page pitch and then they won't then they'll then the person you're working with will get fired and it won't happen or for so many reasons you're going to be you just kind of have to accept that like that's part of the job and don't yeah. see it like a waste of time because you're you know you're honing your craft and I always think like you get paid and then hopefully you get paid enough for like one movie if you're if you're doing that that it can keep you going for like a year even though it only takes you five months to write and then the rest of your job is trying to get the next job and a lot of that is going to be things that don't go anywhere you right know? right right yeah 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 so i think it is one of those things you can't be like precious about your time or you can't get attached period. yeah like yeah because there's nothing more annoying to like a showrunner, for example, than like that some young writers do, where it's just being kind of like enamored of your own voice. It's like you're writing, you're writing to the voice of the showrunner. It's not an opportunity to like show off all the lines you've been saving up in your head, you know? Right, um, right, right. So that, that's awesome. Yeah, you're part of it in, on a show, you're part of a team. It's like it's a team sport. Being a, a good team member is more important than like standing out. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, my last question for you is um, what what stories would you like uh, to see more of? And what are you what are you really drawn to? I mean, I like writing stories about girls and young women, that kind of thing. Like, I feel like that's a, a type of person who we haven't taken seriously until recently yeah um so and i also like the idea of like writing about the kind of woman that we don't see that much of like some i i do feel like i love the idea of like a girl who's really into the types of things that people might look down on like fashion or, or things that we think are silly like showing that these are are, are really real people and human and interesting um so that's what i'm usually drawn to you know um i love I that i have i have three sisters and oh yeah 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 wife and yeah i think you know i think those stories are so important and there's yeah. there's so much to learn yeah uh for sure i love that thank you that's awesome i hope there are more stories like that too yeah yeah and obviously like I want to see more of stories about, you know, not white women. Yeah. I don't think I should be right. I mean, I've written, you know, on shows with where we are writing for actors and characters who are not white, but I do think what's more important is having, you know, the, those voices created by other non-white women, you know? Yes. Yes. And it's an interesting sure. thing because now it, it's a, a thing which feels a little exploitative. Like if you're, a white person creating a show and it's like oh we should just cast a lead who's not white without thinking about who's the right person to tell that story you know yeah um, yeah it's confusing though because then you feel like well does that mean i should put white actors in because i'm white what's better <laughs> like yeah because you know, i don't want to deny it's a it's an interesting time and i do really think it's it's great because when i was starting out in tv there was sort of still stuck in the mode of colorblind casting which is when you just you say open ethnicity you don't think about you know you just cast whoever but then it usually ends up being a very whitewashed part because you uh -huh. you're just ignoring the person's ethnicity like it doesn't like factor into anything and that always kind of rubbed me the wrong way so I'm glad that we're not kind of you know avoiding that like the writers rooms are so much more diverse than they were when I was starting out right and yeah I, there, I mean there's a lot of uh, you want to represent someone in the right way and sometimes yeah. writing it, you need 
uh, I don't know. You just need to learn more about that. So I also think like, I don't think white writers can really understand or properly portray uh, a black voice, for instance, a black character. But I think if you're hiring a, a black writer, they can write white people <laughs> in addition to writing black people because they're, it's like, like I always think that women are kind of better at writing men than men are at writing women because you're, you are surrounded by that voice all the time and you have yeah. to understand it in order to survive, you know? Um, so I, I, my sense is like, I think that if you're, if you find a good black writer to be, hire them, put them in your room, you're going to, you get like somebody who has the unique capacity to like write a range of voices. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. That's really great insight. And I, I agree. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Well, thank Jessica. you. It was really yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, great. So, uh, so charmed is that, is there a new season coming out? There is, it just came out a few weeks just came ago. out. Yeah. yeah. Is there, um, the third season, right? Yes. Although we just aired the three episodes that we meant to be the um, season two, the wrap okay. up season two, and because we shut down, like um, mm -hmm. I was actually on the set right before that we shut down. So um, the real season three with like a time jump and everything starts next Sunday at nine. Oh, oh cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's so yeah. cool. And where can people find you online? Are you on? Um... I'm on tw uh, tw my Twitter. Twitter. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. My Twitter is Jess O2 Jessica and my Instagram might be the same thing. And check out her IMDb page as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> is it exciting? Um, I don't even know what it, it is. is. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's great. Oh, it's, I'm just under my name with my Instagram. Okay. Well, they can look at all your work and all the things you've done and go check oh, yeah. them out. They're yeah, go watch her shows because she's really talented. I, I love I love your shows and your writing, Charmed. Uh, I love that show. It's so good. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great show. What um, are you working on now? Um, right now, I'm. Uh, I just shot an episode of The Rookie, uh, last cool. week, uh -huh. and uh, I'm going back to to do an episode of uh, NCAS Los Angeles. Oh. Um. Yes. Interesting. So I, yeah. And and I've been doing um voiceover work as well, and I've been pitching my own shows. Oh, that's and, cool. Yeah. So um, you've really, it feels like you've been really busy since um selfie. I have, yeah, that yeah. honestly that that show and a combination of Jurassic World like has oh, really yes. kind of That's taken, right. Yeah. Oh yes, I think when I I think my um when I took my son to see that, he was very starstruck when I said that I knew. Oh. <laughs> cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, well I hope to work with you again. Uh Yeah, that would be yeah, great. That'd be fun and uh Tell Kiwi I said hi. I'm going to have her on as well. Oh, yeah. Kiwi. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And thanks for taking the time to, to talk on the podcast. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Yeah.